This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode 197. Hello and welcome back to the show. This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Bruce Irving. This is the show where we talk to entrepreneurs. We give you some marketing tips, some advice. We tell you what's working now so you can run your business more profitably and grow. We all want to grow our businesses. We all want to figure out what's working when it comes to hiring employees, training them, marketing, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, email. All that stuff can be a little bit confusing and overwhelming. We try to simple it all down for you and give you this podcast here on a weekly basis telling you what others are doing that's working for them so you can go do it in your business. We do that with this podcast here. We also do it with our website, smartpizzamarketing.com, our mastermind group, our live show over on Facebook, all that good stuff you can find over at our website, smartpizzamarketing.com. I'm excited for my guest today. His name is Scotty from Scotty's Pizza Parlor. And I met this gentleman at the Pizza Expo last year. He was one of the contestants for Young Entrepreneur of the Year because of the things that he's doing, not only in his pizza parlor, but in his community. All great things that he talks about on this podcast episode. How he's created a give back slice to people who are in need. How he really pays his employees well and builds a great team. And not just pays his employees well, but builds a great company culture inside of his tiny pizza parlor. Uh, And also, you know, what is his philosophy when it comes to growing his pizza parlor versus making his employees work hard and paying them a good salary? All that comes together in the decisions that he makes in his business. And we talk about all of that, the hard decisions that he has to make, uh, what he wants to take risks on, what he wants to do in his business in the future. All of that stuff is in this episode of the show. I really think you're going to enjoy this podcast and get a lot out of it. This podcast episode is brought to you by Planet Fundraiser. If you want to go to planetfundraiser.com, sign up your business. They're moving to all of these big cities near you. And what this does is it organizes all of the donation requests that you get on a weekly basis. Because when you're in the restaurant business or you run a pizzeria, you get bombarded with donation requests from donation requests from donation requests. And Planet Fundraiser organizes that all for you. And it incentivizes the people who live in your community to order from you because you give back to certain causes. People sign up. They see that you're part of the Planet Fundraiser app. They can visit your restaurant, and part of that receipt that they scan into the app, a percentage of that sale gets donated back to the cause that you've signed up for. So if you want to see if it's available in your area, go to planetfundraiser.com, and there's a business button there. You can sign up for your business, and then when they come to you, you can get started with that. But this is a really cool app. Uh, I don't suggest a lot of things in this podcast here other than our services, and I thought this was really cool because as a former restaurant owner and pizzeria owner, I know that we used to get bombarded with donation requests, and this was something that can organize all of that and streamline it so people can just go to the app. They don't have to ask you. You can sign up. They can sign up and get it all super easily organized. Planetfundraiser.com is the website for that. And if you need some help, we can do that for you too, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. We got a lot of exciting things happening here over at the agency and the podcast. And go sign up to our Facebook live show and follow us on Instagram. We are at Smart Pizza Marketing. All right, let's get into today's episode with Scotty from Scotty's Pizza Parlor. All right, hey everybody, welcome to the podcast, Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. I'm excited for my guest today. This is a question we get a lot about building your team and part being part of the community. And I actually met this gentleman at the Pizza Expo this year, Scotty Rivera from Scotty's Pizza Parlor in Portland, Oregon. He's going to come on with us today. He's going to share what he's been doing with his community. He's done a 
great job and not only with his community but with his team members building his team and really making it a place to be profitable and a great place to work so he's going to get into that and share his thoughts as how he's done that over the past couple of years so scotty thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today Hey, Bruce. Thanks so much for having me on. This is great. We finally did it. I know. This is awesome. We've been planning this for a few weeks, but we're finally here, and I'm excited to talk. I think that what you're doing with Scotty's Pizza Parlor is amazing, and I think a lot of people out there who are maybe thinking they have or having trouble building a team or being part of the community can listen to this podcast and say, you know what? It is possible. Let me just take what Scotty's doing and do that in my business, no matter where you live, and hopefully... Um, things will happen. So, Scotty, tell us a little bit about, but first, before we get into all that, tell us a little bit about your background. Like, how did you get started in the pizza industry? Like, where where are you from and what did you do? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, I was born in Brooklyn, uh, grew up as a kid going to, you know, all these incredible slice shops, not even the classic ones like Totono's, which I just <laughs> went to like last summer for the first time. I just went to the place on the corner, right? But like, Moving away from New York, as I did when I was a kid, my parents split up. My mom and I moved to New Mexico. Um, I missed New York pizza. And I would go back every summer and spend the summer with my dad. And we'd eat all the pizza and go wild. Then I'd come back to New Mexico, and it's like, where am I going to get a slice? I can't just walk down to the corner. Um, And eventually, as I got older, I just decided I got to... I got to figure out how to make this myself because I can't, you know, only have it when I go to New York, I need to be able to eat pizza all the time. Yeah. (laughs) And I wanted to learn how to make it the way I liked it, which is how I grew up eating it. Right. And, uh, long story short, I went deep into just pizza obsession, you know, getting into the slice blog on serious eats, the pizza making.com forums, Um, and I was just hopelessly, you know, uh, stuck on pizza. Um, but it was my hobby. Like that was, I'd spend my spare time just trying to make pizza so I could eat the meal that I like to eat. Let me ask you a question. Um, How many times when you were making pizza at home and I just want to make sure that my wife, cause my wife thinks I'm kind of crazy cause I do the same thing. How many times a week would you do that? Oh, uh, at least once a week. Yeah, me too. If not two or three times a week. All right, so know. I'm not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's legit. All right. <laughs> if you, uh, you know, it's like the thing about it is like it's a, your your idea of what the perfect pizza is is always like developing. Yes. Even when you make a really good pizza, you realize this maybe this one thing or these two things about it could be better. So it just makes you more and more excited to try harder and harder to make it better every time. And I feel like that's where, yeah, I'd make it on a, on a Saturday and be like, Oh, okay. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's really good. And my wife would be like, really good, Scotty. Great job. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, it could be a little more crispy or a little, you know, better browned or I put too much cheese on this one. And, it's just like, it never stops. It's so funny you say that because my wife's the same way. My daughter now, who is really like, we've eaten a lot of pizza around the country and I make it at home all the time. And now she's become like the pizza critic. She's like, dad, this one's not that great. Yeah, and there I'm you like, go. All right, maybe I'll go back to the drawing board on that one. So that's, <laughs> that's funny because now like my wife will even tell me she'll come into the pizza parlor and eat a slice of a pie that I made. 
and look at me like, what is this? This is not <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you could do better than that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you made pizza at home. You experimented. Like, when did you open Scotty's Pizza Parlor? Was that your first time operating, or did you work in pizzerias after that or before? Um, my first time owning my own business, for sure. Um, I had been working in restaurants for a long time. Uh, I worked for Apple for like four years and thought that was going to be my career, but um, sort of realized like I was more interested in cooking and thought I might like to be a chef, open a restaurant someday, you know, um, and kind of just went down this path, uh, decided instead of going to culinary school, let me just try and get a restaurant job, see if I like it. And Which is smart, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad I did because, yeah. you know, it was really expensive yeah. and, you know, a lot of investment of time and energy, and I wasn't sure that it was the path for me yet uh, until I got a job at a cafe, and then I got a job at a bakery, and then I got a job at a restaurant, and then another restaurant, you know, and at a certain point, I, by the time my wife and I moved out here to Portland, um, she's a grad student. She's working on her PhD out here. And that's what initially brought us out. But it was like, oh, there's all this stuff going on with restaurants, all this great food. Yeah, let's go. I want to, you know, pursue my career in Portland. Um, and at a certain point, I'd been working in, you know, nice restaurants, gaining experience, but also like kind of just overwhelmed with the pressure and like environment of like fine dining and the yes chef, like right away chef, you know, mentality. Um, and I was stressed and my wife, Amy was just like, you're still making pizza. Like every weekend, every time you have a day off, you're making pizza, you're staying up late, like working on your dough formulas and spreadsheets and all of this stuff. Like go get a job at a pizzeria. And I was like, that's not a career. That's not a real job. No, no, no. Uh, but finally I caved and um, that was it. Like within two years of getting a job at Handsome Pizza here in Portland, which was a wood fired spot serving small pies and like 18 inch pies and slices out of a wood fired oven. I was like, oh my God, there's people who are like really serious and like into pizza. Yeah this can be a thing like this is what I'm meant to do it's funny uh, you said it's funny you said something in there though that I caught that you said like and I think this is the perception of the industry that we that we're in is that pizza is not a real job totally you know like I think we need to yeah. do a better job as industry people educating outsiders that you know what it's just as working in a pizzeria is can be the same as working in a restaurant right it's the same kind of thing that goes into it and if you look at some of these guys who speak at the Pizza Expo who have really, like Anthony Mangieri or Anthony Falco or those guys, like they, they're chefs who just happen to make pizza. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So I, I wish we could change that. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, uh, commercialized, industrialized food, like fast food and stuff, has really changed our perception of what, like, skilled, valuable work is. Right. You know, like... People don't believe a burger flipping job is a real job. It's a entry level, you know, stepping stone type job. Same as working at a pizza place or making hot dogs or making ice, scooping ice cream. But like, I think nowadays, you know, our culture 
is getting a little more in tune with food and like what makes really good food and recognizing like, Oh, like there's better pizza than the like chain pizza that I grew up eating. And there's people who are dedicated to like making the best pizza, the best burger, the best, you know, ice cream. And I'm going to go to that spot or better yet. Like, I like making ice cream. I want to work at that spot. Right. I want to open my own ice cream shop. You know, like I think that's where we're kind of uh, experiencing a shift in our food industry and the perception of it. Yeah, I'm glad it's happening too. I hope. I just wish it would have happened when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I feel you know, because we were, we were, you know, when I started in the restaurant, I started in the pizza. Like that's well, I, I worked in a restaurant, but they had pizza. But like I've been in this the same kind of space since you know, 14 years old. And the same thing was like, you know, you're 18. You're like, Oh, where do you work? You're like, oh, I work at, you know, XYZ pizzeria. And they kind of like, really? And then you're like, mm-hmm. you know what? You don't even know what it's like. Don't judge. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I mean, there's still, I think there's still a lot of work to be done to like try to help customers like consumers, eaters of pizza understand how like far from simple. Yeah. Pizza is. And it's like, there's so many, yeah, how much goes into it? Because there, there are some pizzerias who use frozen dough or, you know, pre-shredded cheese or pre-made sauce. And like, it's a little bit easier than someone who makes dough from scratch and has different varieties of dough or, you know, a a Neapolitan style versus a New York style versus a Chicago style. It's all, it goes, there's so much different variation into it. Mm -hmm. So when did you open Scotty's Pizza Parlor? How long did it take you to like open your first pizzeria and what was it like? Yeah, I uh, I spent close to a year, if not more than a year, um, writing a business plan, like coming up with the concept, okay, I think I want to open a pizzeria, so how do I do that? What kind of place do I want it to be? What makes a good pizzeria? I better make my pizza really good before I do this, you know? Um, so I spent a year of like, you know, going really deep into planning uh, and basically planned and planned and planned until I couldn't plan anymore. Um, And in 2015, just started kind of casually looking for spaces and eventually had the conversation with my wife, like, okay, so like I found this space. I think it can work. You know, I think it can work and here's why. And we talked about it and we just decided like, okay, let's, Let's do it. Was it an existing pizzeria or restaurant? No, it was a bagel shop. Okay. Um, it used to be a frozen yogurt place that turned into a bagel shop. The bagel shop got so busy, they grew out of the space. They were trying to make 300 bagels by hand, rolling it and wow. boiling in-house every day. And um, they eventually were like, this isn't working. we got to get out of here. So I kind of, I think I wound up, looking at the space next door to them, which was open, but it was too small. And then I heard, oh, but these guys are thinking about moving out. You should talk to them. And that was it. That was my, like, sort of secret backdoor, <laughs> <laughs> you know, pathway yeah. in finding that space. Um, it's 720 square feet. Wow. So it's, like, pretty small. Um, and I just kind of looked at it and was like, okay, like, you know, the pizza oven can go over there. It's already got a dish pit. It's already got a grease trap. Uh, I might not need a hood depending on what kind of oven I use. I want to use an electric oven. 
Um, so the, the rules for ventilation for those are, are a little different. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think I can just kind of like throw together a pizzeria here and just have a go at it, you know? And at the time, like my business plan was like, okay, we're open five days a week, maybe two or three part-time employees. And I'll just be here mixing the dough in the morning, making the pizzas all day, closing the door at the end of the night, <laughs> going to bed and waking up to do it all over again. Right. right. <laughs> was that exciting to you? Like when you thought of that business plan, was it like something that you really wanted to do? Yes. Like that was, I wanted, I wanted the ideal pizza job. You know, I wanted to like make pizza the way that I wanted to. Yeah. Um, and just spend my time doing that and make it earn a living doing that. Um, and you know, I'd been working at some pizza places. Um, but, you know, I couldn't really take the same ownership in it. I, you know, worked hard and worked, like, at one place that I worked at, I helped them, like, develop their dough into a sourdough. They were using commercial yeast at the time, so I brought my sourdough in from home and, like, totally helped, like, change over their dough recipe, which was cool, right? But, yeah. like, it wasn't for me. It was, you know, right. for somebody else. Um, and so... I wanted to have the satisfaction of like making pizza the way that I want it, you know, not really conforming to anybody else's idea of what makes a good pizza and um, do that day in, day out. <laughs> so your like your business plan wasn't like, I want to own 10 of these. I want to do this no. in the community or have this many employees. It was kind of like just basic, right? You started small. You said, I wanted to open up a pizzeria where I could go yeah. in, be the owner of my pizzeria, work when I want five days a week, make great pizza. And that was kind of it. Yeah. It was like, I love making pizza. I want to do this all the time and I want that to pay my bills. And what happened like the first, when you opened, like what, what happened? <laughs> uh, tried to be pretty like quiet under the radar. Um, and I mean, I was like, I had no idea how it was going to go. Right. You plan as much as you can yeah. you project. Oh, okay. I think I can sell 20 pizzas a day, 40 pizzas a day, whatever. Right. Um, and I didn't even know if people were going to like the pizza. I was like, I hope people like it. <laughs> I think it's good, but like, I don't know. People like their pizza maybe crispier or with more toppings on it or whatever, right? And man, like, you know, here we are on a marketing podcast, but like word of mouth is so strong. It's crazy. Like people came in, and said, oh, I was just in the neighborhood looking for a quick meal. I just had a slice of this pizza. Where'd you come from? I'm from New York. This is like, this is home. Like, I, you know, this is the pizza that I've been looking for in this town. Um, I can't believe it. I'm going to tell everybody I know. Like, you got to eat it, Scott. <laughs> um, and I think that just kind of like exponentially, you know, catapulted us into this whole different level of operating yeah which is not it, the job i envisioned <laughs> in your you know what you are on a marketing podcast technically by the name but we always say you know you have to start with product and service because yeah. marketing only exposes whatever you're doing if you have a bad product and really horrible service mm -hmm. marketing is just going to expose those things so we always take that uh 
you know what? We're assuming you have a great product and really good service, and then we can help with marketing. But you're, but you have to start with those two things. So having right. a really, really good product and really great service is super important to start. Totally, totally. And that, you know, those that was part of it. And I think another big component of it, it was like, okay, I'm gonna make do everything I can to make the best pizza I can. I'm gonna use a naturally leavened dough. I'm gonna make my own mozz every day. I'm gonna use organic tomatoes. You know. Um, I'm going to take all the extra steps with every single ingredient to control the result that we get and maximize, you know, how good it can be. Um, and so that's like the product, yeah. right? But um, the service I thought a little bit about, I knew like, okay, like I'm a real like person. I can be friendly to people. Right. I've worked customer service jobs before, okay, we're just going to have counter service and just make it a place, like a real regular place. You walk in, hey, what can I get for you? You want right. a slice? All right, here you go. You know, like <laughs> like a New York slice shop. shop. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's just what I was familiar with, and that's all I thought you needed. You know, you're here to get a pizza. I got pizza. You want it? All right. <laughs> you know? It sounds um, pretty basic, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I, I, that's my biggest fault, I think, is like I simplify and think like, oh, this is no big deal. Like, yeah, we can just do this and it'll be fine. Um, and then I get myself in trouble. <laughs> but, you know, the other huge part of what I wanted to do was from day one of planning a pizzeria. What kind of pizzeria do I want to have? Okay, I'm going to be a business owner. I'm going to employ people. I'm going to be responsible for people's income and livelihood. I want to make sure I'm paying a living wage, taking care of people, treating them fairly. You know, that comes all the way down to scheduling, you know, in advance, a rotating or repeating set schedule so they can plan their life around work. You know, paying at $15 an hour from day one um, and offering raises, you know, for people taking on more responsibilities eventually and sticking around for a long time. Um, Now we've got a health plan. We pay people's transit costs. We buy kitchen shoes for people. Um, we pay for any sort of like out of pocket, like work expenses, like, you know, alcohol servers, permits, um, you know, food handler permits, that kind of stuff. I want to make this the kind of job that someone who's as passionate as me about spending all their time making pizza, just doing what they want to do, making pizza can make it a career right? and so, not their job. I know? love that. And how did you, like, was there something that happened in your life that made you want to do that? Or like, because a lot of people don't think about those things when they're opening a restaurant. They just want it to be busy enough to be profitable so they can stay open. No, yeah. I mean, you know, typically it's business, right? Yeah. So you read business books about how to make a profit running a pizzeria. I think yeah. my dad sent me the book, like Profits in the Pie, right? And Scott Anthony, right? about... Yeah, it's great. I yeah. mean, I learned so much about, okay, here's how you do your food costs and all of this. Yeah. And, um, you know, think about your, your, um, covers and all of that. Right. That was essential to planning. Um, but the decision to prioritize worker well-being was born partly out of my own experience in all kinds of jobs, not just restaurant jobs. Um, but definitely restaurant jobs, like, you know, think kitchen confidential, like, you know, that's real, right? Like that environment is real. And 
I don't want to work in that kind of environment where, you know, that where it might be like abusive, you know, people who might be, you know, rampant, like sexism, misogyny, um, low pay, long hours, no breaks. Like this kind of stuff is still a huge part of the restaurant industry. Right. And why should it be, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so as I was sort of like having my own food industry experience, my wife, who I said is a grad student, um, she was finding her own path of what she wants to study. And she started with sustainability. She moved into like water rights um, and then got interested in food as such a huge part of our world and existence, right? And what sustains the people and what we need to consider to sustain the planet, you know, along with that. And um, she noticed that in academia, a lot of people are looking at, oh, like farms, industrial agriculture. Okay, we need urban agriculture. We've got exploitation of farm workers. We need organic, sustainable, you know, all this stuff like in our food. Um, people need to know where their food comes from. This is, should all probably be familiar by now, right? Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, she, you know, was learning about this and studying and reading about this while her husband is working on the front lines right. in a restaurant, you know, um, sweating, sweating. <laughs> Um, you know, watching people like slip and fall in the restaurant and not, you know, get any sort of help or coverage, um, you know, seeing people get asked to do things that were, you know, totally beyond their job description and just expected to follow through, especially folks who are like vulnerable, you know, parts people who are members of vulnerable populations like immigrants people of color, women who, you know, are made to feel like they should be so grateful that the chef, the restaurant owner, the business owner in any industry gave them a job. Right. You know, don't you need a job? Do what I tell you and I'll pay you for it. Um, it just, once you start to look closely at that kind of treatment of workers all in the service of, profit and benefit to the owner and the boss, how do you not be outraged, you know, and how do you not want to change that? And so finding myself in a position to lead by example and say, you know what, minimum wage is 875 in Portland at the time, the market wage for, I was, as a pizza maker, I was earning $11, $12 an hour, right. you know, and I once asked for a raise at a pizzeria I worked at and got laughed at. Like, <laughs> Are you kidding me? Why should I give you a raise? And it's like, uh, okay, I, you know. Right. Um, so here in Portland, you know, the cost of living is insane. Like thousands of people are moving here constantly. And um, the rents are through the roof. Um, I think the recent, most recent study I saw was like the average you know, person needs to work, who's working 40 hours a week, needs to earn something like $21 an hour to afford their own single bedroom apartment. That's crazy. Right? That's nuts. Yeah. 
And what happens here in Portland is we have a lot of old houses and stuff, and the houses are being converted into shared housing. So people can collectively rent a house and pay, you know, six, seven, eight hundred dollars for a room in a house, and then they share their space, their kitchen, their bathroom with right. people. And like that's cool, but you know, don't you think that while so many people, you know, are afforded the luxury of living in their own comfortable space with their own roof over their head for their families and everything. Don't you think everybody should like be able to attain that, you know, if they're working hard every day? Um, I don't know. We go on and on about that. (laughs) No, I I agree. Where that came from. Yeah. And so how do you make that profitable? Right. Cause that sounds great. And you really want to be able to do that. But in the end we sell pizza, which kind of has, it's almost like the, the, the pizza, like when we started, we talked about the pizza employee having a stigma of it not being a real job. Pizza, to right. me, has a stigma of being like a fast food, so you can only charge so much for it. So did, exactly. did, so did you like, are you able to explain to your customers why you charge more if you do? I don't charge more. Um, we charge market prices. You can get a slice of cheese pizza out of an 18-inch pie at our place for two fifty. Um $2 during happy hour, which is like an all day, like 11.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. happy hour on weekdays, two bucks for a plain slice, you know? If you break it down, I think it comes down to priorities, you know? I think that folks who want to own a business to because they want to make money, you know, are going to do everything they can to make money. Right. Um, I want to own a pizzeria because I love pizza. I want to make pizza. I want to make people happy with pizza. It's such a like sharing food. It brings people together. Pizza's amazing. Like, you know this, right? Oh, yeah, like, of course. Pizza's an amazing, incredible, like magical food. Um, and so having a pizzeria feels like what an honor, you know? Um, and if you think about where people pizza came from, like that was the food of the working class. Of yeah. The poor, you know, it should be affordable. It should be accessible. It's bread with tomatoes and cheese on it. You know, it's like, it's a quick meal. It feeds the masses. Um, there's no reason that you should cut that access off, you know, only to people who can afford to spend $30, you know, on a pie or whatever, just because everything is like, um, like the best ingredients and stuff like that. There's, there's room for that, right? Like you can have the $30 a pie pizza place in the same town as the $2 slice shop. Yeah. And so everybody gets Mm -hmm. to eat, but like, then you're still, there's not really equality happening there, right? Yeah. So I'm just trying to balance. So do you, um, do you like have a certain profit that you want to make? Or are you just like, you know what? I'm running this business as long as I can take a salary that I can live off of. I'm okay with that. And then it yeah. kind of goes, we're all kind of equals in this. Yeah. Yeah. I treat my coworkers as coworkers, you know, um, without them, it's not possible. Um, and I, Basically, you know, from day one was like, I'd like a pizza job that paid me 15 bucks an hour, 40 hours a week, you know, yeah. and 
course, I was working 80, 100 hours a week. Right. But if I could earn the income of 15 bucks an hour for 40 hours a week, I felt like I can cover my costs. Like, that's cool. My priority is to make the best pizza I can, make it available to everybody who's hungry for a delicious slice, and create good jobs for people. And I think it's just about priorities, you know? If, if you want to make $100,000 a year in profit, yeah, you know, there's all kinds of ways you can do that legally and illegally or <laughs> ethically or not ethically, right? right? Right, So, you know, that's just my choice to um, just try to do the right thing, just try to do right by other people, try to be a, like compassionate and caring individual in today's society where so many are just beaten down, abused, walked on. And, you know, it's like, we need, we need some light shining through. Definitely. And I think a lot of people, the restaurant owners right now are having a hard time finding people who want to do the job. You know, it's not, yeah. you know, it's, it's a tough job, like you said. And I think that if we all take a little step back and say, all right, how do we make the job? It's, I mean, it, Sometimes it's not going to be fun. Like doing right. dishes is not fun, no matter. Work is work. <clears throat> right. So at some point you have yeah. to say it's, it's, it's still a hard job and it's hot and it's longer hours. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, what, can, what can someone who's listening to this, if they're, maybe they're struggling with help in their own business, what could they do to improve the situation for them and their employees? I mean, first and foremost, you know, treat, treat your workers like people, treat them like your family. They don't have to look at you like family because you're their boss and yeah. that's okay. But you should hold the responsibility for their well-being, you know, to the utmost, um, with the utmost like priorities and um, dedication to ensuring that they're happy, healthy, and able to work. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, somebody's sick, unhappy, you know, and not in a good place they're not going to make your pizza good. Right. They're not going to treat your customers right, you know? So I think so much relies on what you put into taking care of the people who work for you because, like, you know, as much as I feel guilty for being a capitalist and operating within a capitalist system, that's the millennial in me talking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I like recognize that like, yes, this is my business. I'm doing this for my like fulfillment and my future. And I hope that everybody who's working with me works with me to the bitter end, you know, um, makes this their career, makes this where they want to be forever. And that I can provide for them to make them happy and, um, you know, healthy and just dedicated as much as they are today, you know, and that's what makes a strong team. That's what makes a strong business. And that's what is all going to like trickle down <laughs> into it's like trickle down happiness, right? Yeah. <laughs> into your pizza and your service and your position in the community. You know, do you spread that? How do you tell people like, how do people find out? Do you like when employees, when you're looking for help, do they know about you? Um, we're still pretty young. And so like, 
there are a lot of people in, in a big city, you know, who yeah. still don't know about us. Um, there are good resources in Portland. Um, there's actually a website that was founded by a Portland based restaurateur, um, called poached jobs. Yeah. Um, and they're national now. Um, but poached is all about posting job ads for the food service industry. So you go on there and you can say, okay, I'm looking for a kitchen job. I'm looking for a counter job, a floor management job, a hospitality, like hotel job. And in your area, you can find serious, you know, job postings for that. So that, you know, we, I think I owe a lot of credit to them yep. to um, giving us the platform to look for serious, you know, people who are dedicated to their craft and want a real job. Right. You know? Um, and then it's up to us to describe our job, <laughs> you know, that's available as a real job that's rewarding and, you know, has good compensation and benefits and why you might want to work here. Right. Um, Which sounds and, like you have that down. Like you, you're probably one of the few places, you know, you're, there's not a lot of people who I've talked to on the show who have your enthusiasm for making sure your, your staff is, you know, paid or has the benefits that you give them at your expense, really, because you're really taking a hit for that, right? You, you brought a oh, line yeah. of the restaurant owner is taking the, like the brunt of self exploitation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I'll work myself to the bone. I'll, you know, go do all these other things to run this business um, and manage it in a certain way that affords, you know, the, the pay that we offer. Right. Um, and, you know, that's, that's meant a lot of sacrifices. I think, you know, there have been compromises I've made on ingredients. You know, if I could charge $40 a pizza, I'd be using our, the best organic, locally, you know, grown and milled stone ground whole wheat flour. Um, you know, all the like organic farm greens and everything. Uh, and we'd have incredible pizza, right? pizza with all these great ingredients, you know, but it's a slice shop. I don't want to charge an arm and a leg for a pizza. I want to pay my people right and still make the best pizza we can with the tools and ingredients that we have available after achieving this first priority of taking care of our people. Do you have so, your, do your employees stay with you for a long time? I know you've only been open for a couple of years, but yeah. You know, do you find your turnover rate is really low? It is low. I mean, most of the times that we hire, even to this day, we're looking at, you know, hiring one more person because uh, my like manager who I promoted from within um, is now going to be like scheduled less so that she can focus on training because we've hired all these extra people because we're growing so much. Like we need more help right. <laughs> in the kitchen uh, just to keep up with demand. It's insane. Like you should see our little 300 square foot dining room on a Friday night at 7:30. Like you can't move. How many pizzas do you sell on that little space? Like on a busy night on our busiest nights, we're in the like 120, 150 pies. Right. Range. And that's just um, slices, right? That's like slices, slice pies and pies to go. Um, the most dough that we can mix and store in the refrigeration that we have in our little space is about that much, like one 
we make 120 dough balls every day. Uh, and we try to stay in the like one to two day fermentation yep. realm. Um, ideally it's two, but occasionally we'll like have to scoop in <laughs> to the, the <laughs> dough that we should be using the next day because right. it's so busy. We got to make more pizza. Right. So, okay. Pull that dough from tomorrow, pull it out. Let's let it come up to room temp, you know, and, uh, make sure it's going to be good. Uh, we, I, I hate selling out. I hate like, you know, when I first moved to Portland, there were like one or two really well-known, like top pizzerias in town. And that was it. So everybody went there for good pizza and you got to wait two hours. Yeah. And by eight o'clock they're sold out. So if you don't get there in time, they don't have any dough left. And it's like, ah, now it's like, you know, talk about access to pizza. I mean, I, I mean, I love pizza too. Like I, I do a pizza show. I love it. I eat pizza, but waiting two hours for a pizza just to me is just a long time. It's wild. And the, <clears throat> the crazy thing is like Portland, you know, where there's a lot of trend, you know, food trends and a lot of hype around the food in our city. Right. Um, and not just food activities and other things to do in this city. And there's a lot of people here. Right. And there's a lot of pizzerias that have opened in the past few years. So the, there's not just two, you know, right. places to go, but still like you call us on a Friday night at six, seven o'clock and we're going to tell you, I'm sorry, it's going to be, an hour and a half, maybe two hours before we can have that ready for you. Does that work for you? Is that okay? And they're like, yeah, okay, I'll wait. And we're like, oh my God, I got to make another pizza now. I'm like, where's the dough? Like, <laughs> you were hoping they would say, oh, sorry, I'll call next yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. I mean, occasionally we have people who are like, oh, that's not going to work for me. And right, like, right, right. All right, all right, try us on a Tuesday or whatever, you know? But um, So yeah. it sounds like you need to open a second location. Yeah. Just a bigger location. <laughs> what is like? What is the ultimate goal for you? Like, do you have an ultimate goal of what you want to do? I don't have an ultimate goal. I think I'm moving a little bit incrementally at this point. Um, right now, it's very clear that our space is too small. Um, we can't effectively work in our tiny kitchen and properly execute our pizza, and you know give our customers the best experience when we're that busy on those weekend nights. You know, my kitchen is so small. It's like arm's length, you know, wall to wall or pizza oven to wall or whatever. And, um, we staff six, seven people behind the counter. Wow. Just so that everybody can be on one station. And so they don't have to move. <laughs> That's so small too, to have that many people. Yeah. So you, you know, you have a dirty dish, you pass it, <laughs> down the line to the dish pit. Um, you need some more pepperoni up to the line. Can I get pepperoni to the line? And somebody is going to reach in the fridge and pass it to the next person, to the next person, to wow. the, like, it's insane. And it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> it must be hot in there and, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've got high reaches, low reaches. Yeah. We need a bigger, more comfortable, more ergonomic kitchen. Like it comes down to our well being, right? Like, here we are, we're excited and happy to be making pizza, but our space makes it so hard to do that and stay happy and stay healthy because we're, you know, breaking our backs, bending over, you know, lifting all the dough trays and, you know, getting the meat slicer out from under the oven every time we need it. Right. It's, it's a challenge. Uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, uh, 
I'm working slowly but surely and steadily towards uh, trying to find a bigger spot for us. In Portland? In Portland, yeah. yeah. And let's talk about, because I see on your website here, the pay it forward. Can you explain what that is? Because I know oh, you're, you're big on, not only are you big on uh, your, you know, your team, but you're also big in the community. So what's the, explain what that is. Yeah, well, um, it was first, the, the idea to do it was inspired by a pizzeria in Philadelphia Philadelphia called um, Rosa's Fresh Pizza. I think I saw something like, about them, yeah. You might have heard about them, yeah. I mean, the, the owner is like on Ellen. <laughs> yeah, I probably heard about it then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's cool. They, they started getting this attention because it's a dollar slice place, and they had customers coming in who would see there's a person who looks not well off, who doesn't have the means to spend a dollar on a slice of pizza, but they're hungry and they need to eat. And the other customers took it upon themselves to say, here's a dollar for a slice for that guy over there. And out of that action of kindness came this huge, you know, system of supporting the hungry, you know, people in the neighborhood who couldn't afford to buy food, but the people who could afford an extra slice here and there would just buy an extra slice when they went in, and then somebody has a hot meal, right. you know? And it just means so much, and I loved it. I loved the idea. Um, I had talked with the um, crew about it, and we were like, hey, this is, this is a cool thing. Like, do you guys think we could do this? Why not just, you know, let people pay for an extra slice when they're here? And it is just incredible to see how it's taken off. I love um, it too because sometimes as a business owner, you know, you get bombarded from the community, which you want to help, but you can't necessarily help every single community uh, event that calls you and says, hey, I want to donate this or I want some sponsorship yeah. money. It's hard to yeah. be able to uh, accommodate all of them. You want it to, but it's really just not feasible. So this is a good way to be able to say, hey, listen – we will organize it. Let's be a part of it. We'll donate some slices or maybe we'll donate a little bit of money and you, the community can too and be involved if they if you have it or if you don't. Yeah. And I think the really cool thing about it is that it lets the community take ownership in Yeah. I'm just doing, you know, I'm a pizza guy. Yeah, trying to do whatever you can. Pizza is my superpower. <laughs> <laughs> so how does that? How does the pay it forward work? Do you like accept the money and hand out slices, or do you donate the money to a local cause? Uh, so the way it works is you come in to Scotty's Pizza Parlor, you get a slice. Um, you can choose to buy an extra slice as a pay it forward slice. Um, it costs the same, and we take a coupon for a pay it forward slice, and we put it on a like a bulletin board in the pizzeria and then it sits there and anybody can redeem it whether it's a houseless person who's starving or maybe just like a student you know um who or somebody who forgot their wallet that day and is so hungry they need a slice and they can't pay for it today i'll come back tomorrow and get a pay forward slice just let me cash this one in right like we don't discriminate against who can use it Anybody can grab that coupon and exchange it for a hot, plain slice served 
in the pizza parlor. They can sit at the table. They can have a glass of water. They're entitled to all the same service and food and experience that that 250 usually covers. Right. Do you so, find, do a lot of people use it or is there a lot of coupons oh on the board? Goodness. Every day. Really? Every day people are in and out all the time buying the slices and redeeming the slices. Like every, every day. And it is just incredible to watch it happen and see this system in action. And, uh, you know, beyond just the slice option, buying a slice, we've had some folks come in and say, I want to put $100 down wow. for pay it forward. I want you to feed, feed pizza to the people, you know? <laughs> um, and it's like, wow, like that's huge. That's what, you know, what an incredible thing to do to look out for your fellow humans. Yeah, I love that. Let me ask you a question. Do you use Instagram and Facebook to talk about these things and like do videos and yeah? Yeah, I think that's uh, Instagram and Instagram mostly and a little bit of Facebook um, is definitely the best, most useful platform that we've had to get the word out about these kinds of things. Right. Um, And, you know, again, there's this separate phenomenon of word of mouth that brings more and more people in. And they see the thing, they go, oh, pay it forward. Like, what is that? You know, and then yeah. it gives us our chance to explain, well, here's how it works. Right, and right. Nine times out of ten, they're like, oh, I'll take two. You know, like, yep. yeah. Um, so that's that's amazing. Like, it's, it sounds like you're really building this community in, in your pizzeria, with a pizzeria, right? So in the, in yeah. the end of the day, you're like, you're, I'm a pizza guy, and I'm doing all this yeah. as a pizza guy. So <laughs> there's no yeah, excuse cool. for um, anybody who's listening to this not to be able to be able to take some of the things that they've talked about, whether that be part of the community or part of the team building that you're doing and paying people a living mm-hmm. wage and giving them the opportunity to grow with you. Um, yeah. I think anybody can, who's listening to this podcast can do a couple of those things. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, there's been, it's nothing's as easy as it seems. And right? it takes way longer than it, 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 it. I'm sure like nothing's as easy as we're making it sound on a 45 yeah. minute <laughs> podcast or, right. Uh, and it takes way longer to set everything up than you think it's going to, but it it is possible. It's totally possible. You know, we have for the pay it forward thing, we've brought in a person from a local um, cafe that serves the houseless community to um, and serves and employs and offers job training to the houseless community. They're called Sisters of the Road here in Portland. We brought someone in from Sisters to help us figure out the best ways to serve this population because they have additional needs than your typical person who's able to conduct themselves in a way that, you know, might not make somebody uncomfortable when they're sitting. Right. 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 Um, and so there is other work that this comes along with, um, but it's all worth it, you know? And, it's so rewarding in so many ways to so many people. Yeah. So why not? You know. So well, and it doesn't cost us anything. Right. Because the the customers are kind of paying Everybody for you. You're just yeah. organizing it. Yeah. I mean, there's been times when the board is empty, and somebody comes in and says, oh, "I wanted to get a pay forward slice, but I don't see any." And you know, I've been at the counter and just been like, oh, "I, you know, I, I got you." Right. 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 You know. So. I don't know. It's just like you just just 
I feel like the world can be such a better place if we can all just be kind to one another and recognize that everybody has their own stuff that they're going through, you know? Yeah. And that's it. I agree with you. I was th- I was thinking about something the other day and I was talking to somebody and they was talking about employees and how you have to kind of look at them like your own children, right? And I mean, if you're a good parent, you look at your children and you try to teach them something and no matter how many times they get it wrong, you never give up on them, right? You could teach your kid how to spell the same word a thousand times and every single time they get it wrong, you're still going to look at them and be like, all right, let's try it again. But when it comes to as an when it comes to your employees, there's like a two or three time limit where you just give up on them. Right. You know, yeah. like you teach them the same thing once, twice. I told them that three times already. They're never gonna get it. You have to look at your your employees kind of like you do your children, and I don't mean like you have to love them like you you love your children, but don't That's give right. up on them just because they didn't do it right twice. Exactly, exactly, and I think that that says something about the patience and, you know, manner, mannerisms and, you know, approach to managing that the boss has. Like, you have to take the responsibility to recognize, like, I'm telling this person the same thing over and over, and they're not getting it. Right. How do I help them get it? Because I need them to do this thing or do it this way, you know? And, you know, I don't want to just fire them and not only have them collecting unemployment while I'm then trying to hire another person and train another person and tell them the exact same way, do it this way. (laughs) And they don't get it, you know? Yeah. Like you have to think about how you're managing, how you deal with people. Remember that everybody has their own way of learning. Everyone has their own understanding and perspective of how something works and even of what makes a good pizza. Right. You know, you might have pizza makers who are like, I'm doing it this way because I think this is better, you know, um, or I don't know. It's like you have to just have the conversation. Yep. You know, Every, I think you said it right. Everybody's different. Not everybody's yeah. the same. So you can't there are things that are done a certain way, but how you explain it or how that person receives the information can be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the yeah. right approach there. So, Scott. I've taken you so much time. Like I said, I think we said 35, 40 minutes and we've been on for like an hour. My so. pleasure. <laughs> I, I, I thank you for taking so much time uh, and I'm sorry that I went so much longer. But where can people go check you out, whether that be on your website or on Instagram or something, just kind of, or if they wanted to say hello or ask you a question, where can they go? Yeah, yeah. Check our uh, website, scottyspizzaparlor.com, scotty with an I-E, um, and Instagram at scottyspizzaparlor. Uh, you can DM me on Instagram. You can email me through our website, scottyspeedsaparlor at gmail.com. Uh, I spend a lot of time on Instagram kind of like chit-chatting with other pizzeria owners and operators, even just other passionate pizza makers talking about like, oh, I'm trying to get my dough to do this. Like, <laughs> what is, how does this work? Or like, you know, um, other folks who are like, man, I just had to fire my first employee like uh, how you know how do i deal with it yeah oh but it's real you know we're all in this together yep um and yeah i'd love to love to connect all right awesome so we will link up if you missed any of that we'll link it up all in the show notes for this episode just type in uh scotty at the top of the bar over at smartpizzamarketing.com and we'll link up his instagram his website and all of that good stuff for you so scotty thank you so much for joining us on the show that was awesome all right, I just want to say thanks to Scotty for joining us on the podcast here. That was awesome of him. That was a long episode. 
but I would appreciate his time and him joining us on the show. If you want to go to our website, we take all the show notes for you over there. Just go type in Scotty. Don't type in Scott because you may get Scott Wiener or somebody else that's been on the show that's named Scott. But Scotty, I'm pretty sure, is the first Scotty that we've had on the podcast here. So go over to the website, smartpizzamarketing.com. Type in Scotty, and you'll find the show notes. You can link up with him on Instagram, on Facebook. Check out his website and see what he's doing over there. So thanks to Scotty for joining us on the podcast here. And if you need some help with your marketing or you want to do it yourself, you should check out two things. Our agency, if we can work with you and do it for you, we do all of your digital implementation, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. We only work with one pizzeria per zip code, so you're going to have to see if your zip code is available. That's why we want you to go to that website. And also check out our mastermind group, all of our past webinars that you can only get the replays on inside of the membership site or the mastermind group, our biweekly calls, private access to me inside of our private Facebook group to get all your marketing questions answered. All of the things that we talk about in the podcast, we dive deep into video tutorials, audio tutorials inside of the mastermind group. So if you're looking to do bots or you're looking to do Instagram ads or Facebook targeting, the mastermind group is perfect for you if you're a hands-on type of individual. Smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. All right, guys, I hope you have a tremendous week. If you have a question, you can reach out to me, Bruce, at smartpizzamarketing.com. Otherwise, we'll see you on the next episode.